0: Okay. <laughs>
1: life, and we are going to move very quickly. God has already started to talk to us. It's not until we climb the pulpit that the Lord speaks. We have heard from the Word of God. We've heard from the testimonies. We've heard from the special numbers. We've heard from the high praise that God is good, and that there is no one like Him. The question we'll be asking ourselves as we look at the Word of God today is that do you really believe? That there is nobody like Jesus. We have just said that we walk around, no one, no one. We turn around, no one, no one. In your life, and in my life, and in the life of this church this morning, what we want to do is to exhaust the name of the Lord and tell the devil to his face that he cannot do anything about what the promises of God has given to us. I don't care what you are going through, I don't really. I'm not bothered by what situation stares you in the face. But when you have Jesus and you have him inside of your life and he's living inside of you, you can look at the storm. You can look at that situation. You can look at that circumstance. You can look at the devil and tell him you are a loser for again and again. So look to your neighbor this morning and say the devil has lost in your life. your God. We do not take it like you. We know that it is a privilege. Father, we commit your people into your hands. Holy Spirit, please speak to us by yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Remove the veil, remove the covering, remove everything that does not allow the word to have effect in our lives. Today, when we leave this sanctuary, we are living here like winners. We are living here like people that are victorious. We are living here like conquerors. And the devil, we know that a set of people have been released into this world to steer him into the face and give him problems. It is because we have reigned in our lives, and we are confident that because we reign in us, there is no darkness that can overpower us. As we look at your word and we look at this new wine, Father, let it begin to spring forth in the life of everybody seated here today in the name of Jesus. Everything that seeks overturn it. Let it be destroyed in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of today, we will have purpose to glorify Him. Amen. Thank you for answering our prayers. Amen. In Jesus' mighty today, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Very few we will look at the Word of God. Today is the first Sunday in the month of November. I don't know how your year has gone. For some people, maybe it has been very good. For some of us, maybe you are looking at yourself and you say, God, November has come again and look at where I am. But wherever you are, the word of God is saying today that God is releasing new wine into your life. Amen. And this new wine is going to swallow anything that you think is not okay in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have to lift up your faith. You have to look beyond what you see. You have to look beyond the situation in Nigeria. And any time you are faced with a difficult situation, the Bible teaches us that you should not look down, you should not look around, you should look up. When Jesus wanted to feed 5,000 people, the Bible says he looked up. When he got to the tomb of Lazarus, the Bible says he looked up. In the situation that is in the country today, the only place that can release joy, that can release new wine, that can release victory, that can release soul is where you look where. Or, if you continue to look around, and look at your situation, and look at the country, and look at the Naira, and look at the fuel, you will begin to misbehave. And that is what the Bible calls the old body. But today, in the mighty name of Jesus, everything that causes you to look down, the Word of God is swallow it. And as you learn to look up, you don't need to pray about it. Once you look up, automatically, the benefits of looking up begins to flow into your life. What you need to pray about is that God teach me to look up. So, today, we are looking at the new wine Luke chapter 5, we read it before, so we will not take it from the beginning because our time is fast spent. We read Luke 5, 30 to 39. When you look at it from verse 30, you see that um, the Pharisees and the scribes, they came with their problems. They started asking questions. Jesus, why do your disciples behave like this? Why are they not following the tradition? Why are they not doing this and that? They started their wahana but time will not make us go through that. Let's go to the place that really concerns us, and that is where we will look at today. Luke chapter 5, from verses 36 to 38, and I will take it from here, New King James Version. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the skins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. Verse 38, and that is the emphasis. New wine must be put into new wineskins. I'll take Luke 5.38 again. New wine must be put into new wine skins. And that's the title of our message today. New wine in wine skins. So I know the church will be asking, what is new wine and what are wine skins? Let me give a very brief uh, explanation. At that time, when Jesus was talking, Jesus was like new wine to fermented wine, and you know what the wine skin Jesus was talking about are those what is made of animal skin. Now, as wine, when wine is new, it ferments, and when wine ferments, you know what happens to it? It expands. So if you put it in an old wine skin. That container, the white skin is a container. Because the old wine skin cannot expand what we happen to the wine. Both the container and the wine, both of it will what? It will waste. Are we following? So when Jesus was talking, he said, you can't put new wine inside an old skin. You must look for a new bottle. A new bottle is flexible. A new bottle can expand. A new bottle can accommodate. A new bottle can change its size. So as the wine is increasing, the bottle too will be expanding. How does that affect you and me? What is new wine? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, when you hear of wine, God is talking about releasing something that he alone can give. He's talking about prosperity. He's talking about income. Talking about grace, you can call it so many things. But when Jesus came, as we learned in our discipleship class this morning, John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. We read it in our discipleship class this morning, and we will link it to our new one. What does the Bible say there? A right. thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. Yes. I came so everyone would have life. I, I have... came so that what? Everyone would have life. I love that version. That version says Jesus was the person talking. He said, I came so that everyone. Church, say everyone. 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 Are you a part of the everyone? Yes. yes. Am I part of the everyone? Yes. I came so that everyone born may have what life, Life. and what type of life?
0: Abundant
1: life. So, and have it more abundant. So, when we are looking at new wine, new wine is that life that only Jesus can give. And Jesus Himself called the life. What type of life? Abundant life. life. It's not management's life. It's not uh, how I would do life. It's not that type of life that when you look at it, if look at it looks at it doesn't make sense. That's not the type of life. Jesus said, "I came to give you." And in fact, everyone. So everyone in the church this morning, if you will do what Jesus says, Jesus is telling you. I came to give you what? abundant life. What is that type of life? It's a life that gives you everything that you need. Everything that you need. Whether it is your resources, whether you are trusting God for a family, whether you are trusting God for settlement, whether you are trusting God for health, whether you are trusting God for prosperity, whether you are trusting God for a new thing, They are inside abundant life. So, Jesus came and said, that's why I came. I came because I want all of you to live well. Don't mind anybody that says as a Christian, Jesus just called you to suffering. Jesus just called you to management. Jesus just called you to life. That is a big lie. He called you to abundant life. And anything that is in abundance is more than enough. When you have got something in abundance, you have what more than enough. So this new wine we are talking about is that life that gives you more than enough. You have enough for yourself. You have enough to give somebody else. In the Old Testament, when they try to describe that life, Jesus said, I will do a new thing in the desert waters will spring forth, a way will appear. But they were just projecting something. When Jesus came, he is the embodiment of that life. So if you have Jesus and you are in the church today, you have everything that you need. But why are we struggling? Because Jesus said, you can't put new wine in old wine skins. God promised us abundance. But when I look at myself, I can't really. you are study yourself, I can't really see it. This is not really going very well. That is not going very well. And my business can be better. And my family can be better. And my schooling can be better. I mean, but this is not what this is not abundance. And so many at times, because you don't know who you are, you begin to look at unbelievers and you begin to envy them. Why are we not having that abundance if we are Christians? is also in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I came to give you life. This new wine is my new life. But you know the problem? There is a devil. And that devil is the one that is trying to make sure that you do not enjoy the abundant life. So what does the devil do? Three things. The Bible says, number one, he will do what? Steal. Number two, he will do what? He's to kill. And number three, he will be destroyed. So it's not because God does not have it. It's because you are fighting a battle with your enemy. So for anybody here, if you are giving up, if you are telling yourself God, this is not what you told me. I'm tired. You cannot be tired. This is the time for you to rise up and say, I am going to get my new mind. I am going to receive what God has given me. The month of November is not the month of despair. It's not a month of discouragement. It's not a month for you to just say, I am no longer going to follow this Jesus. Let me just be going at and nobody will ask me questions. No. If you look at what has happened to you down to November and you think that things are not going well, this is the time to stand up and say, Jesus, that abundant life that you gave me, I am going to receive it, whether the devil likes it or not. So, what is the battle you are
0: fighting?
1: You are fighting a battle with Satan. And what does he do? The Bible says he comes to see. I've not seen anybody, anything on this earth that entered a house. And when he got there, he saw baby television, uh, plastic chair, bio, money, dollars. And when the chief 19th looked around, he said, ah, what will the take? He left the division, left dollars, left Naira, and then took Biro and went away and said, ah, this is what I stole in that house. Is that possible? No, no. He will go for the most vulnerable. Is that not so? When a thief enters your house, he is looking for the most valuable asset because he knows that when he picks that one, that is the one that will give him money. When the devil comes to attack you, he has come to attack you because you are a valuable what? Asset. He can see the glory of God in your life and he knows that if I do not do something, this person. your blessings. It you can steal your health. It you can steal your hope. You can steal your joy. Some of us, as we are working with Christ, the joy has gone. If the joy has gone, you are in a difficult situation. Because the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is what? My strength. Your strength. He can steal anything. But as we go on, the question will be, what are you doing? To make sure that this devil occupies his position. If you are in the house and you hear that there are things around, they are not going to see. And the man said, why are these people prospering? What is wrong with them? Before they knew what was happening, he said, they are going to take this land away from us. Let's do something. Inflict them with hard labor. Did you see that in your Bible? And the Bible says, the more they inflicted them with hard labor, the more they prospered. Exodus chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. Anybody that can please take that for us.
0: And what are you Christian. going
1: through that you are saying is so special? People have gone through it. The grace of God is sufficient. Uh, That's what we are saying today. The Bible says, as they afflicted them, they kept on increasing. Can I have maybe Exodus 110 because of uh, time? Yes? If we don't, uh, I'll then. The family to just jump to 12. 12 below. But even though the Israelites were mistreated, their family grew larger mm-hmm. and they took over land. Because of this, the Egyptians feared them worse than. The Bible says that the more the devil has treated them, what happened to them? The more they what? The people that they killed, they are not the people that Satan was looking for. But he said, we get them. So they killed them. And we, we thought that would be the end. But when the deliverer of the world came, in the name of Jesus Christ, double confusion in <laughs> the devil's time. I said, the devil is doubly confused over you. I don't care what you think. The devil is doubly confused over your situation. So the Jesus came and the devil said, "This." God has come again. I thought I have sorted this thing out. And they gave back to Jesus. He didn't look like it. He was born in a danger. They were carrying him about. The moment he heard from the wise men that a king is born, you know what he said? He said, oh yeah, he said to go and kill all the
0: men.
1: Who was he looking for? Jesus. Who did they kill? Other Jesus is the only safety place you can stay in this world. If you are there and you are complaining, you don't know who you are. If you are there and you are complaining, you don't know where you are. So they all get killed. And Jesus, uh, God to so telling him, they want to kill him. After some time, I'll tell you to come back. The Jesus he was looking for, he did not get. That's what it means to destroy. To destroy is to Go the extra mile to make sure that you don't have any chance to succeed. So when you look at your family, they say, Ah, nobody has ever done this thing before, and you you stand up one day and say, I want. A trace of a, a family. Have you not heard that, some people, you will just hear that something happened to them, the whole family was wiped out. Have you heard of that before? That's to destroy. To wipe out every trace. And what does it mean to destroy? To keep coming so that you give up. I will do this, I will do that, I will do this, I will do that. But when the new wine comes, the devil cannot contest the new wine. Jesus said, I know the devil wants to stop you from that glory. I know, but that's why I came. I came because no matter what the plans of the devil are, I am the answer to the devil. When you stay inside of me, you will do what? You will get to your glory. And that's the message God is saying today. That if you stay inside of him, you will get to where you're supposed to go. He tried it with Joseph. Joseph kept going and going. After his family, they said his family rose up against him. If you are here and you think that there is a family problem that is tying you down, it cannot tie you down. Joseph had a family problem. And they said, do this boy, you will go no near. So they took him and they put him in a pit. And from the pit, they took him and put him, uh, sold him to Potiphar's palace.
0: That's
1: why That's the story of Joseph from Potiphar's house to the prison. Is it time for you to give up? No. It is time for you to hold on because the throne is still ahead. One day, at the fullness of time, it was time to put Joseph on the throne. And the king had a dream. Lo and behold, who will interpret the dream? Joseph. Who will ascend the throne? Joseph. You might be here and you are having a near success syndrome. You know what they call near success syndrome? I have overcome this battle. I thought that I'm free. But after two or three months, or one year or two years, just look at yourself. It's there again. You say, oh, so I am a failure. You are not a failure. You say, oh, so the devil has overcome. The devil has not overcome. You are on your way to the throne. And when he got to the Pharaoh's house, he was ready. We cannot talk about the preparation he made but he ascended the throne. Did the devil fail? Yes. Did Jesus win? Yes. In your life and in my life, God is going to win. Amen. God has already won. What you are waiting for is a manifestation. And you must believe. Because Joseph did what? Believed. We will not look at the other examples. We have so many examples. But why did Jesus say that you cannot put new wine in old wine skin? We have looked at Joseph. We can't look at the other examples because of time. But Jesus said, you cannot put new wine in old wine skin. And I said old wine skin is what? The one that expands. Jesus said it must be in a new wine skin. Now, my brethren, that thing the Bible is calling wine skin is you. You are the container. You are the one that God wants to pour out his new wine on. Your life is that container. Your life is that skin. And Jesus said, if I want to give you new wine, it must be in new wine skin. What was he saying? He said, if you put it in an old wine skin, the um, bottle will do what? It will be destroyed. (coughs) Let me say something. We have the story of people like Ananias and Sapphira. We read uh, them about them not long ago. The Bible says that they did something. They offered to give God something because they were told lies and they were destroyed. We have the story of people like in the Old Testament, the Israelites. The Bible says that in the land of Israel, in book of Hebrews, let's look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter um, 3, 17, Is seventeen yeah. Hebrews chapter three. We are looking at what? What is this thing called the old wine skin or the new wine skin, whichever one we want to call it? let to look at the Israelites. From verse seventeen to nineteen. Yes. Who oh, were the people that made God angry for forty years? were they the one that sinned and died in the desert? And who did God say would never enter his place of rest? were they the one that disobeyed him? We see that those people did not enter the place of rest because they did not have faith. Thank you. The Bible says that the Israelites did not enter rest because they did not have God. faith. You know that at that time, when the Israelites left Egypt, that was new wine for them. Two of us. They had been in slavery. So Jesus, God came through Moses. He said, I want to do a new thing in your life. He took them. That's new wine. But they were supposed to get to the promised land. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews that many of them could not go there because they did not have what? Faith. When God pours out the new wine, there's no problem with God. God will do what He says in but you have to constantly check yourself, is my bottle, my life, an example of a new wine skin? And I a the Holy Ghost had come, power had come, glory had come. But they did not understand that you cannot call new wife inside old wine skin. You cannot be dealing with God and be dealing with sin. They did realize that at that time, if you toy with sin, you will be destroyed. Lo and behold, they thought they were telling a simple life. Before you knew it, both husband and wife perished. What did they do? They tried to call new wine inside all. In heaven, I am the manufacturer. But if I want to do it in your life, then your life must be like a new wine skin. What are the characteristics of a new wine skin? Number one, you must have faith. You must have what? Faith. Yes, because the new wine skin expands. What does faith do? Faith allows your your life to do what? Expand. I don't have
0: a womb, but
1: God says that if I come to him, he will give me a child. If you have
0: faith, what has happened to your faith? It makes your life do what?
1: Expand. It's made your womb produce. That's what faith does. It makes your life expand to accommodate the practice of God. In my family, nobody has ever done this thing before, but because the Bible says that I'm a child of God, with me nothing shall be impossible, I have faith. The woman but your life will expand and you will receive it. But if God is pouring the wine and there is unbelief and there is doubt and there are all those problems, there will be a problem. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Somebody from the congregation. Ephesians 6 16. I have just five minutes. Ephesians 6 16.
0: Let your faith be like. Above all, yes.
1: taking a shield of faith. Thank you, my sister. let Where with, okay, go on. Where with the I able to quench all the very doubts of the wicked. Thank you. Before we got there, they had been telling us all the partial the instruments we should get. But when we go to verse 16, the Bible, the Bible says something. What's the first word King James says? Above all. Above all. In other are dealing with God,
0: you must deal
1: with God with what? Faith. That's why the Bible says "Of God
0: Oh,
1: And the Bible says in Hebrews that without faith it's impossible to do what? To please God. If you pray and you are not praying in faith, no, you are not pleasing God. If you trust, uh, you are going through something and you are not applying faith, you are not trusting God. Faith allows your life to expand. That's how Jesus could look at 5,000 people and feed them with five loaves and two fishes. Because he had what? Faith. Whatever you are going through this morning, make sure that faith rises up in your heart to look at the devil in the face. As a devil, you are defeated. I retain my possessions in Jesus' name. Number two, never give up. I'm running now. First Peter 5.10. King James version. First Peter 5.10. God of all grace. Yes. Who has called us unto the eternal Christ Jesus? Yes. After that, you have suffered the right. Yes. Make you perfect. Your establish your strength. Your setting. Thank you. The Bible says. It's not to shame. It's to what? Glory. And then what will he do? He will do what? Perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Ah, my business is not doing well. Settlement is coming. Oh, my hope is in turmoil. Settlement is coming. Oh, I have been struggling with this issue for three years, and now I thought that I have overcome it. The Bible says, settlement is coming. Oh, I have been trusting and yet, it looks as if I can still feel the pain. Even if you are feeling the pain, make sure that your mouth is not talking according to the pain. Your mouth is talking according to the word of God. That's faith. And it will do what? Settle you. I don't care what the type of past you have. When they were talking to Jesus, they said, ah, look at this woman. Why are you talking to a sinner? Jesus said, that's why I came. He said, ah, why are you talking to an adulterer? He said, that's why I came. When he went to the well of Samaria, they said he met a woman. In fact, that woman's credential is a very good one. The Bible says she has already had many husbands, five. And the person that she is staying with now is not even her husband. That is an advanced prostitute. But Jesus did not cast her out. Jesus said, Come, I have come to give you new wife. I don't care the mistakes you have made in your life. I never say you are here because you made this mistake. When you come to Jesus Christ and you receive mercy, He will overrule everything and give you. follow God with faith. When you are going through issues, it's not the time to complain, it's the time to take what? Authority. Number four, honor God. Honor God with your life. Honor God with your life. The first time we heard of honor was Abel and Cain. Abel and Kay. It's also not interesting. God said, I accept Abel's offering, but I reject his offering. We cannot go into the details today. But just picture it. And when God was talking to Ella, he said, anybody that honors me, I will do what? I will honor. Look look at yourself. When you have your children, they come and greet you in the morning. If you are your man, a girl will kneel down. A boy will prostrate. As a sign of what? Honor. I've not seen that father or mother that when your son comes to prostrate before you, you say, Ah, my son, because you prostrated, you too you will prostrate in front of the boy. Is it possible? Is it possible? It's not possible now. You will just say, God bless you, go. But you know what God said? He said, if you honor me, me too, I will do what? I will honor you.
0: That's
1: how he brought himself low. If you honor me, honor God with your life, with your speech, with your actions. With your behavior. If you honor him, God too will do what? Honor you! But if you do not honor him, you'll be a problem. Let's look at John 14, 23. And then the last thing is that we should walk with the Holy Spirit. John 14, 23. Jesus replied, give anyone love to me, they will obey me. Then my father will love them.
0: I will come to them and again. Thank you. Jesus said that if you love
1: me, you will do what? You obey me. And if you obey me, look at the special invitation Jesus gave us. He said when you obey me, did you see what Jesus said? He said, I will come with who? My father. So the Godhead, God the father, God the son, God the Holy Spirit, they will come and reside with you. What else do you need? To fight your battle. But it doesn't come on anybody. It's not on people that are living anyhow. You must do what? Honor him. Number five, and the last thing, we must walk with the Holy Spirit. We must walk with the Holy Spirit. I think we've been looking at the Holy Spirit for a long time. When Jesus was born, Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless.
0: I will not do what? Leave you how?
1: Helpless. I will give you a comforter. And that comforter is who? We must learn to walk with Him. Through our challenges, through our trials, through our victory, through everything, you must learn to walk with Him. This Holy Spirit was not first introduced to the New Testament, but the way we have Him now is not the way they had Him. The last scripture will read Genesis 41, 38. As I... We look at walking with the Holy Spirit. Genesis 4. Pharaoh
0: said his can we find such a
1: man as this? A man who is the for God. That is what I'm looking for. Before Joseph ascended the throne, Pharaoh said, Can we find a man like this? Now, what is the credential of Jesus? Uh, of I think Acts 2.13 or 6. Yeah. They are like people that are drunk with new one. That's the Holy Spirit. Every challenge you have, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, He will show you the way. So today, the message of grace is this, that everybody that is born again is a victor. And the Lord has given you victory through Jesus Christ. Don't look at yourself as a sinner. I don't look at anything you have done today and the month of November is an opportunity for you to start again. But if God will pour out His goodness into your life, His grace, His favor, then you must have a new wine skin. You must have faith. You must honor Him. You must believe Him. You must take authority. And you must realize that we are in dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So when we start to pray, You are a bona fide child of God who is entitled to all the resources of heaven. All you need to do is to take your place. And God Himself has promised that with him nothing shall be impossible. Let's be on that instant. This is the time to pray. God. I know you are ready to give me new wine. Help me to make my life a new wine store. Make my life able to accommodate all these things. You are helping, but asking for the help of the Holy Spirit.
0: Holy oh,
1: Ghost,
0: do, do it hey.